0: You're listening to Selfish the Podcast. This is the place where we make much ado about you. I'm your host, Allie Martin. Thanks for joining me. took what Dr. Amanda O'Brien shared with us in this episode and put it into practice since we spoke. I have never had someone explain meditation so clearly and make it seem so obtainable. I know you will walk away with a new perspective on meditation and will want to give it a try if you haven't already. Amanda, I am so excited you are here talking with me today, so thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: So first, I would love if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Well, I am, let's see, I am a 42-year-old woman living in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I am a mom, and as far as my work goes, I am a meditation teacher, a psychologist, and a writer, and um, about, about a year ago... I decided to um, basically quit my full time gig as a psychology professor and go full time into teaching meditation, which was a little bit of a scary um thing, but it ended up it's it's been re- going really well <laughs> it's been it's been really really amazing actually so that. um yeah, so that's where I'm at right now
0: so um when you and I spoke before this interview, you talked to me about how you have combined science and spirituality to create this new perspective on meditation. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, like I was saying, so I, my background
1: is in psychology and um, I kind of, I will say I grew up in a household. That really valued um, the life of the mind. Um, I grew up in a really academic house. My dad's a, a uh, math professor, and um, I kind of always lived in this like world of of the mind and science, and really valued that uh, critical thinking and very um, academic way of being. But um, I started to get a little bit disillusioned with it as I was working in that world and just seeing that it can turn very cynical and very, um, you know, sort of hypercritical and there's a lack of heart. And so, um, my own kind of personal spiritual journey was in moving from a space of, uh, being completely in the mind, um, into more of an open hearted place. And, um, so when I teach, I teach from a perspective of understanding the brain and how it works. And when I first started diving into meditation, that's very much was my approach, was you know looking at the brain mechanisms, the biological mechanisms, um, and the cognitive mechanisms that are behind meditation and the benefits of it um, from a therapeutic standpoint. But the more I got into it, the more I realized that people are looking for something deeper Um, than just, you know, stress reduction. And so I kind of started going that route myself and and pursuing it more from a spiritual standpoint and more just from a space of using these practices to open your mind and your heart up to um, your higher purpose, listening to your intuition, um, and finding um, real peace and happiness through these practices. So, yeah, so I, I kind of like to meet in the middle between the science and the spirituality.
0: So like you mentioned, you know, lots of people seek out meditation for different reasons, whether it is stress reduction or something deeper. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what led you to this and maybe what are some of the other reasons that lead people to meditation?
1: Um, yeah. So I personally, um kind of rediscovered meditation about six years ago. I, I used to do it when I was a, a teenager, but um, I kind of rediscovered it because of the benefits that it was having for people in therapy. So in particular, a friend of mine who has PTSD and nothing was really working, um, discovered mindfulness and found that it was incredibly, beneficial and I started seeing that a lot more and more and I think honestly with our culture the way that it is and our constant kind of busyness and and always being you know on the go and taking in tons of information I think that it's no coincidence that mindfulness has also become a really hot topic um, and so I you know I saw that I saw the, the popularity and I saw the incredible benefits that it had so I started pursuing it as research and just looking into it. And then the more I got into it and the more that I time that I spent with it, I started realizing that I really wanted to teach it. Um I went away on a retreat, a seven-day silent retreat where you meditate for upwards of about eight hours a day and you're not allowed to speak or make eye contact with the people there. You can't read or write. Um, and it's Whoa.
0: incredibly
1: yeah, it's an incredibly profound experience. And, um, I had some really amazing, just transformational kind of things where I realized that, you know, the mind is so powerful and it can really create our reality. And, um, when I came out of that, I just was, you know, really excited to just dedicate all of my time to teaching people these practices because I just really felt the benefit myself. Um, As far as my students go, uh, you know, some of the most popular topics that people pursue are obviously stress, um, wanting to reduce stress, wanting to deal with their anxiety. That's really, really common. Um, And also sleep. A lot of people talk to me about meditation and, and the benefits that it has around insomnia and sleep. Um, But then, yeah, I do have, you know, always a handful of students who are really interested in that pursuing that kind of higher goal, of like enlightenment and oneness and like finding, you know, deep compassion for others.
0: And with everybody that is seeking that out, you know, so many of them, you know, want to see that real time benefit and, and really continue it over, you know, every day. So what are the benefits that you most often see when um, when you have a client or a student that goes down the path of meditation and, and really sticks with it? Like, what can you really see as an immediate uh, result of that? Um, yeah, so the first thing I would say is
1: that, you know, like any practice. So, you know, if you go to the gym and you work out, um you might feel awesome if you do it once, um but you're not really going to see those like amazing results, you know, unless you do it pretty consistently. And so I always kind of you know try to caution people about that that you know you if you really want to see these you know real brain changes. So, and they're recorded. You know, we have proof that it really does alter the physical and chemical structure of your brain if you do it, um, consistently and by consistently, I mean, you know, at least five, four to five times a week, um, every day, ideally for maybe 15 minutes at the minimum, probably, um, so, if you do that, I think that you will definitely see a reduction in the amount of stress and it's not you know it's not like your life has changed. it's not like the things that stress you out have disappeared. it's just that you're the way that you react to them changes. you react with less anxiety, less worry. Less physical reaction in the body, so if you have a really sensitive system that tends to go into fight or flight mode really easily, you'll see that improve. Um, you will also see an improvement in your immune system function, uh, so you'll have a tendency to get sick less. and mostly that's due to the reduction in stress. and then um yeah, you can definitely see improvements in sleep. So all of that is there. Um, And then, of course, there's also other benefits like, you know, finding greater empathy and greater connection with others, forgiveness, you know, um, being able to maybe listen to your intuition and tap into um, decision making from the heart. So, yeah, there's so many, so many great benefits.
0: And I think you made such an excellent point that I know I find myself forgetting that you're not going to see the true benefit or reap the full results until you are practicing it consistently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might have a, an enjoyable experience by doing it once or twice, but you really have to give it, um, you know, it's, what is that, 21 days to make a habit? Like You really yeah. do have to develop that to, mm-hmm. to see what you can get out of it. As far as someone that is getting into med- meditation, I know the struggles that I encounter, but I would love to hear your perspective on really what's that most difficult part of of learning that process and and that practice of meditation. Yeah, so um it's different for d- different people because I would say, you know,
1: for me personally, I have always been really comfortable with silence. Um I've always been really comfortable with um solitude. Uh you know, I grew up in the country. I spent a lot of time alone in the woods when I was a kid. And um you know, I'm not bothered by that. So, um I think that as far as I go, like that that aspect of it is pretty easy. Now, for a lot of people, especially folks who Um, have a tendency towards, you know, being very busy, and having incredibly busy minds. Um, Sometimes just that, you know, sitting still, and being silent is a huge challenge. Um, uh, I will say that one of the practices that I like to teach people, if they are just like, I just can't sit still, it's impossible, (laughs) um, is I teach walking meditation. And so walking meditation is literally just the act of walking but you're meditating on uh, your feet moving and um, you know you're not really thinking about anything else other than walking but uh, that can be really really good for folks who just they feel like sitting meditation is just not even accessible to them Um, but I will say for myself the biggest obstacle has been just creating a routine I really am not a routine oriented person. I don't really like to do the same thing every day. So, um make, making sure that I set aside time at the same time every day uh to keep up with my practice is so important to me, but it's also been, you know, a big challenge. So, and I hear that a lot too from from folks that um finding that uh finding that routine and sticking with it is pretty hard for them. So, one thing that I'm doing right now um, and that I really hope to do more of is I'm offering uh, live meditations on Instagram every morning at 7am. And um, I'm doing that actually for 21 days uh, to help people establish that morning routine and get into that habit. So I'm having people meditate with me um, on a daily basis. And that's actually been really fun. And I'm hoping to use, the, uh, use technology more uh, like that in the future.
0: Okay, so I have to join you tomorrow morning. Um, (laughs) But I I want you to talk a little bit more about the walking meditation because that's Mm -hmm. where my struggle lies. I have a to-do list that never ends. And so that's why I can't ever enjoy a movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I find like I have to be doing something. I can put a movie on, but I have to, you know, be organizing files or, you know, sorting through something just so that I can feel like I'm accomplishing something. So that's why it's really hard to meditate, because I just don't feel like I can sit there without doing something. So tell me more about that. Yeah. Walking meditation is
1: a really ancient practice. And what they what they say about it is that it's the practice between it's sort of like the bridge between living our lives and seated meditation. So seated meditation would be, you know, the practice, but um, walking meditation is sort of an in-between state between the two. And so when you do a walking meditation, uh, you don't want to have a destination in mind. So you shouldn't be um, walking like to the store, for example, or like walking, um, you know, with, with a particular destination in mind. So usually when I teach it, I have people just walk back and forth, um, in a room or down a hallway or even in a circle. Um, and then you, uh, like I was saying, you just are focusing your attention on walking. Um, so you, the feel of your feet on the ground, the feeling of shifting your weight from one foot to the other, Um, you know, just even if it, if it gets really difficult and you still can't settle your mind while you're walking, you can close your eyes and try to walk like that, which is extremely difficult. And actually, um, it's really hard to think about anything else if you have your eyes closed. Mm. So, um, and you can also train your breath as well. So you could, you can breathe in for two steps and breathe out for two steps and, and, um, time your breath with your, with your steps as well. So, um, so yeah, I find that a lot of people when they really dive into walking meditation, they find that they are sometimes able to find that that calm and that stillness that they're not able to find with seated meditation.
0: I really like that. Do you recommend doing it barefoot or with shoes on? Um I would say either
1: either way, um you could if you were doing it barefoot, it would probably be more you know, you would probably have an easier time getting into the feel of it, you know, mm-hmm. and just really like enjoying the sensation. Um, but again, you know, it, what, what we're trying to do is use something that we do all the time. So we walk constantly all the time and, um, our brain is so used to walking that it just immediately clicks, into its like thinking mode as soon as we start walking. So, um, you know, so so we are trying to slow down and pay attention, but at the same time, we are also trying to do something that we do all the time, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily have to like alter it in any way. Like you don't have to walk a certain way or walk at a certain pace. Um, we're just trying to use it as a as a practice.
0: Okay, I really like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to kind of dive in. I know we talked about how it's diffi- there's difficulties in getting into meditation and there's things that are kind of holding people back. Um, but aside from the benefits that you can reap, I would love for you to share just like your personal opinion on the, th- the things you enjoy about meditation, just to encourage those that haven't tried it to give it a shot, but also give it a shot beyond just one or two times.
1: Yeah. So I have to say, um, right now, I've been, and this is probably just because it's in the forefront of my mind, I've been thinking a lot about how we engage with the internet and with social media and with technology in general, um, and kind of how it's creating a lot of anxiety, I think, in our society. Um, And the reason for that is really because we No longer experience silence and stillness um, on a regular basis. So, we pretty much always have sounds, noise, stimulation um, around us all the time. We also have just a huge influx of incoming information that we maybe aren't necessarily designed to deal with. So, um, I would say just finding that stillness and finding that um, ability to listen to your own voice, listen to your own inner voice is just huge because, well, I was talking about this in my, in my class recently, Um, we have a tendency to look for answers outside of ourselves to questions that only we know the answer to. So for example, if you're trying to make a decision about like, should I quit this job or, you know, should I leave this relationship Um, you are really the only person who can answer that question for yourself. But we do have a tendency to try to seek answers from other people or even like Google it. (laughs) And um, I think that meditation is incredibly beneficial for um, tapping into our own inner wisdom and really hearing that voice of intuition that tells us, you know, this is right for me. This is what I want. um, And this is not what I want. So you have two voices inside of you. You have the voice of the heart and the spirit, um, and you have the voice of the ego. And your ego voice is the one that's pretty much driven by fear. So it's the voice that's always trying to keep you safe.
0: Mm. And
1: um, that's the voice that's really loud. Most of the time, that's the one that we hear. That's the one that we um, focus on. But when we meditate, we're able to hear that other more quiet voice that might be telling us something really sweet. Like, I, what I really want to do is learn how to paint or something, you know, like that, that the ego voice might be saying, we don't have time for that. We don't have space in our schedule or we don't have the money for that right now. Oh, or you whatever. are
0: speaking my language right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's why I think meditation is so important for our culture at the moment, because I think that we are spending maybe a little bit too much of our energy looking for answers outside of ourselves when the answer is, is within us.
0: Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. So if someone listening wants to get started in meditation, where do they start? What's your number one tip on, on jumping in? So, um, gosh.
1: So yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do. There's some great apps out there. Um, one of my favorites is what called insight timer. Um, insight timer is probably like if you went to the app store and looked for meditation, it would be a number one. I'm pretty sure it has thousands and thousands of meditations and meditation teachers. And you can punch in, you know, uh, and it's completely free too, which is nice. So you can put in like, I would like to do a meditation for a specific thing, a specific topic for a specific amount of time. And it'll pull up a guided meditation, um, just for that. So it's, it's really user friendly. The other cool thing about it is that there's, I don't know, a hundred thousand people on this app. And so anytime you meditate, it'll tell you, how many other people meditated with you. So it might say like people just meditated with you and it'll show you a map of the world and it'll show you all, you know, where those people are. So you might be meditating at the same time as someone like in Indonesia, you know, (laughs) and it's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So I love insight timer. Um, I will say that it is free, but they have recently started offering courses. So if you're interested in actually doing a course um, that will teach you, you know, kind of the basics, um, you can do that through that app, but they are paid. So it, I think it's like $5 to do like a 10 day course. And then um, there's another app called Headspace that's also really good for that too, so that, that that's another like kind of 10 day and it'll lead you through a step-by-step instructions. Um, and I think headspace is pretty well known too. Um, I myself, I have, uh, classes that I teach. So I teach a lot of in-person classes. Um, and, uh, so if people are local, they could come to those, but I also am starting to offer classes online. So I've created an online school My meditation classes online are geared towards specific problems. So rather than saying like, this is just an intro to meditation, um, my meditation classes are more like, "This, this will help you specifically with sleep, or this course will help you specifically with anxiety. Um, I call them meditation prescriptions because I'm thinking about, you know, this idea that a healthcare provider could actually prescribe you meditation um, to help you with something. Yeah. So um, I like that idea of saying, okay, I'm learning meditation for a particular purpose instead of just, I'm learning meditation because people have been telling me that I should do it, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So right now the courses that I have available are um, self-love, sleep, anxiety, and then I'm uh, uploading one this weekend for anger, so that'll be up soon, too. Um, and I'm, I'm working on more. yeah,
0: I love that perspective, too, because it almost allows you to identify an area in your life that you want to improve, and then you are able to focus a little bit more on, okay. I didn't react in anger so quickly as I would have before and you can really kind of track how that meditation is helping you.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I that's exactly what I was what I was hoping for. And also, I know that motivation will be higher if you have a specific thing that you're working on so you know if you're just doing it and you don't know why you're doing it you're not likely to stick with it but if you can tell yourself you know I'm learning how to do this new skill because it's going to help me sleep better um that'll help you stay motivated
0: great point so I would love your personal take on your favorite ways that you are selfish
1: (laughs) um well, so I would say I mean obviously making time for meditation. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh yeah, I would love for people to see that as, you know, um more than just me time, but you know, as actually something that's really good for your uh, mental health. Um, you know, in the same way that like brushing your teeth is good for your uh oral health you know that meditation is just something that you could do every day just like brushing your teeth um but yeah i love 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 reading um and sometimes it just feels so like deliciously um i i i hate to use the word selfish because i don't think it is but i think that it, it is it can seem kind of indulgent you yes. know to to uh like a guilty pleasure to just spend like the afternoon reading a really good novel So, yeah, that's like definitely one of my favorite things to do.
0: I know exactly what you mean. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? I kind of always wish that I could be spending more
1: time outside. (laughs) Um, We are just getting through uh, winter and, you know, it's been cold and and pretty gloomy. So I haven't been super motivated to be outside as much as I'd like to. But I love to. To spend time in the woods and hiking and being outdoors so I'm looking forward to doing more of that as the spring comes as far as like things in my life that I would like to be doing more of I've got to say right now I'm just feeling really grateful actually that I'm able to pursue my passion right now and I can actually have the privilege to do that so I feel pretty good about where things are going for myself right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, on that note, what's yeah. next for Amanda? Um, so
1: right now I am, like I said, working really hard on broadening my scope of the people that I work with. So not just working with people in person, but actually work, doing work online um, with gr- larger communities. So I'm really excited about reaching out to more and more people that way. Um, this summer, I hope to travel and do some teaching in other cities, maybe festivals, you know, going, going around uh, the country and, and meeting more people. I'm also working on a book right now. So, um, I'm actually exploring sobriety. I've been sober for about eight months and I'm really enjoying that. And I'm writing about it from the perspective of just, you know, the methods that I used, to get to that point and to, um, you know, just again, kind of what going back to that intuition piece, um, what that has done for me to be able to like create boundaries and and listen to my heart a little bit better rather than using alcohol to kind of numb and, and dull my senses. So, um, so yeah, I'm working on a book about recovery and, um, that's, that's really exciting for me right now
0: congratulations on your sobriety. Thank you. I am so glad we got to talk. This is an area of my life that I need to improve. And I know that there's going to be so many others listening that, um, you know, I'm really encouraged to make meditation a part of my daily routine, just like you said, brushing your teeth. So thank you so much for sharing this insight with us. And, um, you know, really looking forward to seeing how your tips will improve my meditation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. You've been listening to Selfish. You can find show notes on selfishthepodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend about Selfish and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.